This episode of Contracting Conversations is brought to you by BSCAI Affinity Programs. Learn how you can take advantage of BSCAI negotiated special rates and member-only savings on services, including background checks, office supplies, sales support, human resource advisory, insurance services, equipment rental, and more. Visit bscaiorg affinity partners. Welcome to Contracting Conversations, a podcast series from BSCAI. Through a series of interviews with entrepreneurs, business owners, and executives, this podcast aims to provide insights, trends, and tactics to support the growth and development of business owners serving the contract cleaning and facility maintenance industry. Welcome to Contracting Conversations, the official podcast of BSCAI. I am your host, Kate Jacobson. Today, I have with me Kathleen Bands, RBSM. She is the CEO of My Cleaning Service, a business that has been in her family for three generations. She's also this year's winner of the Contracting Profits Emerging Leader Award, which was presented at Contracting Success Plus last month. This award recognizes individuals 40 years or younger who have made meaningful contributions to the cleaning industry. We sat down with her to chat about what it means to be a leader and why it's so important for young people to start doing it now. Support for Contracting Conversations comes from our premier partners, 3M, Diversi, and Karcher. Learn more about our partners and their category-leading solutions for contractors at bscaiorg partners. All right. Um, Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, We're really excited to have you. You are the, you're this year's winner of the Emerging Leader Award, which is sponsored by uh, Contracting Profits Magazine. Um, So first of all, congrats. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Can you tell us a little bit, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, about your career. Obviously, this is a design for somebody who is uh, 40 years younger, who demonstrates, you know, really excellent leadership and, and, and making positive contributions to the to the cleaning industry. So let's just start off by kind of going through what your career has been like. Sure. Um, well, first of all, it's an incredible honor to be the recipient this year of this award. Um, I have so much respect for BSCAI and the industry as a whole, and to be recognized as an emerging leader is just, it's an incredible honor to me. Um, so I actually, my family business is the third generation now that I've just previously purchased it from my parents. Um, so I started while I was in college working in, you know, kind of marketing and helping out with our social media right about that time. Social media wasn't even a thing. So we were one of the first to really jump on that just because I was interested in, in all of that. And then sort of worked my way through the company learning, um, you know, different aspects of it, shadowing the operations field staff, um, you know, and then learning how to grow my, my own leadership skills and, uh, you know, kind of developing myself professionally through organizations and uh, a number of different committees and board positions, things like that. Um, 
So, and then, you know, I just kind of evolved. And at one point I said to my parents, it's really, you know, it's getting to be a problem. It's either you or me. One of us has to go. <laughs> so, Cut the um, street, mom and dad, you got to go. Yeah. And I was, I was really close to my grandfather um, who started the company. And I think that plays into a lot of just the reason why I love the industry in general. Um, it's just, it's incredible to see how we impact people's daily lives. Yeah. And that, you know, has always hit home for me personally. And it's not, I think you have to wake up and do what you do because you love it and not just because <laughs> it's a job, right? right? Especially when things get tough. 2020 was tough for everybody, I think. So, you know, I think you have to have another motive and just having that feeling of wanting to contribute to the greater health of society, I think is really important. For you, knowing this is a family business, knowing that you've really looked up to your grandfather and, and that your parents have helped you kind of usher in this opportunity to be a leader, it kind of must be a full circle moment for you to go, wow, I remember when I was looking up to people and now I've got people that work for me that look up to me. Absolutely. It's a surreal moment when you hear somebody say, I absolutely admire you. And, um, you know, I think that you are just such an incredible leader. Um, or if they even just say, I think you're probably one of the best bosses I've ever had. And I'm like, really? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's just so crazy to hear, but it's, um, it's a wonderful compliment. And, um, you know, I, I work daily to improve on my leadership skills. Um, one of my team members recently said something, how she felt like the wind was taken out of her sails a little bit, and she felt like she just didn't know how to communicate something in a positive way. And I said, well, that is leadership at its finest. You have to find those moments where you have the courage and the strength to really, you know, show other people that it's going to be okay, mm -hmm. um, even when you might not feel like it, right? I mean, especially now the pandemic, you know, we've heard a lot from leaders in in BSEAI, you know, big companies of small companies, you know, it's it's been hard. It's been hard from a like a, just an actual work perspective, but emotionally, physically, this is a hard time. And having a good leader to lean on can really bring out the best in your employees. Yes. Um, how have you seen you know, what, what have you been seeing in your particular company? And then also, what have been some of the things you've done as a leader to try to motivate and inspire people in these dark times, which are hopefully coming to an end here, <laughs> but who knows? Well, now that they said there's a vaccine that's over 90% effective, I think we have some light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I think this year has been really tough and communicating uh, in general that we're going to get through this together that we're, you know, we're in it as a team and um, everyone sort of has to pitch in and help out. And I think that actually that has created more of a um, appreciation between our team members of, you know, the office staff can really see how hard the operations team has to work. And likewise, you know, they're doing as much as they can to support them uh, in their role. So uh, I think it's, it's, a tough situation, right? But right. Um, it's almost brought us closer together that we can band together to get through it. Um, and then for me personally, what I do to keep myself going is um, I like to surround myself with people who are much more experienced than me, 
people who, um, you know, that I can look up to for advice when things get tough that I can lean on as a friend. Um, I've made a number of friends through BSCAI that way, and that's in itself just when you get stuck sometimes to have someone who knows what you're going through, right? Other janitorial owners who've been in their family businesses for generations also, right? right. Um, and I think that that having somebody just to lean on on your bad day or whatever can get you through the entire thing. So I, I love I love that because I think a lot of times when we think about leaders in these abstract ways, we see them as people that are standing alone or standing, you know, they're the people that are out there, you know, taking the brunt of it or they're standing by themselves okay. or they're able to pull them from the bootstraps. But I really do think good leaders, they are glue. They hold people together and they bring people together and they work, they kind of create molds based on those, those holes that they have. Exactly. And it's about creating the right team and making sure that everybody can lean on each other, that that's what makes a good leader, right? It's not about the person as much as um, how they can bring everyone else together to um, align and work toward the same goal together. Um, obviously, COVID-19 has probably been a huge pivotal moment in your career. Um, it's been a pivotal moment in a lot of people's <laughs> lives, really. Um, <laughs> uh, but what are when you're thinking back on your on your own personal history, what are some moments that you were like, wow, that was kind of a pivotal moment for me to eat. It was going to make or break me as a leader. I think that everybody, you know, as you're going through those first formidable years in your career, you have the first kind of setbacks where you have to let somebody go or you have to make a tough decision. You have to call your bank over something serious. You know, there's all these things. Maybe you lost your first big account and it's heartbreaking. Um, and getting through those little things, you know, those, it, the, you will be stronger on the other side. And as long as you learn and grow from them, that's, I think, where it really comes down to uh, what makes you a good leader is how you apply that knowledge the next time. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I had, we do a, a fair amount of construction cleaning, and I had one contractor literally you know, we were sitting in a room fighting with lawyers trying to collect the, you know, the payment that they owed us and I felt was rightful. And, and now looking back on that experience, that has really um, helped me to know my strengths, yeah. right? And, and to feel like I can compete and make sure that I can lead my team through pretty much anything. Um, because when you are there with somebody, you know, kind of trying to emotionally beat you up so that they win on that side, it's right. It's tough, especially when they look at you like you're just some young little girl and you don't know anything, right? <laughs> I, I was say, I mean, like, geez, it's one thing to be arguing with anybody, I'm not arguing, but, you know, like having a, a really tough conversation with anybody at any time, but especially when you're a young woman, I mean, that's really intimidating to be in that position. I, I, I've been in that position. I know it's, it can be tough to say, no, I'm right. And I know I'm right. And this is why, and hey, you're going to have to get on board. You're going to get off the road, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And then since then, we really put in so many measures in place to make sure that we were paid for absolutely everything that we, you know, performed. And I think that's just it. Applying that knowledge of where do we make the mistakes and then move forward and not make them again. That's what helps you to grow as a company. Yeah. Um, for you, kind of like you said, taking those lessons that you, you have something hard happen or you, or you kind of see 
the way something's working out and you go, what, what can we take away from that? How important do you think that de-escalation, not a de-escalation, the decompression, I suppose, of situation saying, here's what happened, here's what we can learn. How important do you think that is to being a good leader? Extremely, extremely. I know a lot of um, companies do like a, I forget what they call it, but basically a debriefing after something negative like that happens where they go through and dissect every thing that happened and where did the pieces fall? Was it operations? Was it administrative? Did someone not communicate correctly? And that's usually nine times out of 10, it's communication. <laughs> but, you know, how can we how can we put measures in place to get stronger and move forward and, and not have that happen again? Do we put a point person in now? Do we make sure that we check in with that client two or three times a month next time or something like that where you are preventing it, you know, in the future? So that's, I mean, that's a huge key. Mm -hmm. I also hear a lot of what you're saying is you can never over plan. You can never underanalyze. You know, you can always, you can, there's always something you can be looking at to say, okay, let's set ourselves up for success. And if we fail, let's, let's figure out why. Right, right, exactly. Um, and I think that, you know, there's always that um, percentage of natural attrition where you're just going to lose accounts based on, there's an industry average. I know that BSCAI has it out there. I think it's like 3%. Yeah. Where, you know, um, a property manager company consolidates or they sell an asset and they don't retain you as the BSC or something like that, right? And so there's just naturally, you have to be getting better every year. You have to be gaining more accounts every year just to handle that in itself, right? And one of the things that our big take home, you know, that I put into the head of every single uh, team member in my company, we do not lose anything based on service. If it's price, if it's something else, you know, that's, that's probably difficult, sorry. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I think that that's, you know, sorry. No worries, no worries. It's ridiculous. And this ha this happens everywhere. It doesn't matter if it's my anything. <laughs> okay. She's like, I want to be part of the interview. <laughs> yeah, somebody, there was some noise in the hallway, so she's freaking out. Um, either way, to reiterate that point, you know, um, I think that if you pride yourselves on providing great service, then, you know, maybe you do get that extra, like, recommendation if something like that happens. That natural transition of a building just because, you know, a new owner comes in and they have their own property management company or something, if you provide good service, people will be happy to recommend you. And that's how you continue to grow as well. I mean, that's so true. We talk all the time here at BSCAI, you know, a lot of our education is centered around quality customer service, uh, you know, and whether that's, you know, being better at communicating and, and, and being more in depth about things like cleaning schedules or contracts, you know, like, okay, well, here's what you're really getting and here's what you're gonna, we're going to expect, um, but also a huge part of it is you want to be so invaluable to the companies that you're with that when they either need to come off or they have a, a, a maybe a new tenant comes into that building, they go, no, you got to have, you got to have my cleaning service. You got to have, you know, you got to have these people in, in your, in your building. 
Exactly. And we like to bring them in to be a part of our team. So you're part of the My Cleaning Service family when you sign up with us, right? And you feel like it's so magnetic, the energy that you feel from everything from myself to my director of operations, all the way down to the cleaner who empties your trash, who gives you a smile at the end of your day. Um, hopefully it's so electric that they are just delighted to have us um, as a part of their organization as well. And I can tell you, we have a lot of accounts that have been with us for a long time. And um, my longest standing account, we are 50 years in business and our longest standing account is 49 years, I think. So, wow. um, you know, it, and it's not that all of them are that way, but that I think speaks to the fact that as you go through the years, you still have to uh, modernize and compete and stay relevant and constantly bring your clients, you know, the best. You have to bring your A game every single time. You can't just be, oh, we've had you forever, so therefore... We're, it's water on the bridge. We're fine. We've got right. You're getting the same old, same old. That's like, no, that's no. We're going to always have a, make it a little right. spicy, always. Going back to that question about pivotal moments, right? I came into the company and we didn't have as much, we had the technology and cleaning, but mm -hmm. we didn't have the software base. We didn't have the computer base, that type of thing. We weren't fully cloud-based at the moment. Um, then we're talking like 2010, right? So really nobody was. Um, and being able to tr transition into that in itself has been huge. It's been a game changer for us because I love to travel, right? So I want to be accessible to my team no matter what. And I think that if somebody's out in the field and they can't get the right information, what good is it? <laughs> so um, we've worked really hard to uh, transition over to completely just – cloud-based everything and um when the pandemic hit right it was like seamless we just picked up and went because it was easy we were already set up for it that's actually that was dovetailing perfectly into my next question was, you know, <laughs> as a young person uh as a millennial as a millennial really you know we are kind of seen as this generation of people who are very technologically savvy and why you know i think that's definitely true I don't always know that when you come into spaces, especially, I mean, you're a little bit differently because you are the generational business, but, you know, when you come into kind of different spaces where maybe that isn't introduced and maybe that isn't as so well received, being a leader and understanding how to elevate your business on a fundamental level is like technology and like getting everything like that, you know, squared away, that's really invaluable. Um, how... Well, when you were when you were in when you were getting that stuff ready to go, when you were saying, "Hey, we need to make these transitions," what were some what was some of the feedback you were getting, and and what were some of the things you had to kind of convince people that that was the way it had to be done? And I think that's you know it's an excellent question because I think my parents have done a phenomenal job. I think my grandparents did a phenomenal job. I mean, the company has the same moral fiber that it did when we were started, right? So mm -hmm. we never want to lose that piece of it, but I think your risk tolerance goes down the longer you've been in the industry, the, the more you've been kind of burned in a way and this and that. And I think that you are a little less um, excited maybe to take that leap into the virtual world, right? And so it's a, it's a big investment. It's 
there's a lot that has to go into it. We had to rewire our office to make sure that we could handle all, everything on the Wi-Fi. If the Wi-Fi went down, we had a backup internet. We had to buy everybody all new computers. All that stuff takes a lot of, you know, um, capital. Um, but I think that, you know, part of being a leader is being able to, uh, resist or, or I guess combat that resistance, right. And to have the vision and foresight to know that it's going to be better once we do all this. So I know it's a pain to set it up. You know, we have Quantech. That's a pain. I, everybody said it's a pain to set it up. Sorry, Quantech. <laughs> now that we have it in place, it's wonderful. And that's kind of, that's the difference, right? Is that, you know, now it's made our lives significantly easier. But so I think it's just getting there, getting through it is annoying to set it all up. But, um, you know, I think that once you see sort of a success from one piece, then you can start proving to those maybe naysayers that, hey, look, this is going to be good for us in the end. And this is why. Exactly. And I think that especially important i mean look at like you said look what the pandemic did you know and there were a lot of people who were business was booming for a lot of bscs you know what i mean and they were like well we gotta we have now we have to pull out to formal and do all this stuff and it's really you know stressful and it's like well you know that's it's kind of like making a case for bringing these companies in the 21st century it's like that might have been a little bit easier had you had kind of more avenues to work remotely and then have everybody be on the same network where you could get the information to your cleaners on site and not actually have to exactly. be in a space. Exactly. And, um, you know, I think we made the transition a while ago from even just as simple as going from Gmail and Dropbox to Microsoft Teams, because then we were only paying for one system. And then that already gave us Zoom and all those other types of things, right? So there's a lot of cost savings that we already had put in place, which was great when the pandemic happened because it was easier to just transition into, we were only virtual, I guess, we shut down our office to a few members at a time to mm -hmm. rotate just because we're a small office. And if my whole team gets sick at once, it's really a problem for us. Yeah. So. Like when you only have a couple people, a couple people down is everybody down, you know? Everybody. But, you know, on the flip side of that, it enabled us to grow significantly also. Yeah. Uh, for you, when you're thinking about young people who are saying they're, you know, they're in roles in cleaning companies like yours, and they're saying, hey, I, I really hear what she's saying, and I want to move up. I want to be... Her. I, I want to one day be able to say, hey, I can make these changes and institute these things. What are some key things that they need to be looking to do now so that in a couple of years they can be taking on bigger projects or you know, moving up in the company? Sure. Um, first of all, I think never stop learning. I listen to Audible books like it's, you know, drinking water, right? So um, I love uh, just business books that give you that inspiration, that little nudge of maybe something that you actually already knew, but they put it in a different perspective for you, or it's inspiring the way another company leader has done, you know, whatever you're trying to achieve. And, um, you know, I think the other piece of it is that women typically don't champion themselves. We, we call it tooting your own horn, right? 
And you should, if you surround yourself with people who maybe are like two or three trusted advisors who you can lean on in those tough moments, they'll also be your champions. And that's everything. Um, just the fact that somebody else will celebrate your successes, even if you don't realize that it was an accomplishment. And that will push you further along. It's just like as if, um, you know, if your parents tell you no, and then someone, a stranger comes over and tells you no, which one means more, right? Right. It's sort of the same. If you keep telling yourself, oh, I've done this, and I've done this, and I feel great about it, it doesn't sound the same as if somebody said, hey, you did a great job on that. So I think just that in itself um, will push you your own way. And to believe in yourself that you're not wrong. I think that's another key part of it, that you're going to have resistance, you're going to have the naysayers, you're going to have doubters in everything. And you just have to believe that your vision was the right one and keep pressing forward and take the risk. Right. And, and like you said, it's especially true for young women in this industry because there's not there's not a lot of us um, in this. There's more. There's more than there, you know, used to be. But you know, yes. women in this industry is not exactly the most common thing. Um, so it's good for you know people like us, people to understand that you sometimes have to kind of put the put the voice in the back of your head asleep and just kind of keep pushing pushing forward. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and. I guess my, my final question for you is, I, I want to end this on a really positive, upbeat note, is, you know, what is it just for you looking back on your career and looking back on all the things you've been able to achieve, what does it mean to be named as an emerging leader? It's incredible. I, <laughs> I don't even have another word to describe it. Um, it's just, it's really amazing knowing so many of the other BSCII members and knowing how much I respect them for everything that they've um, accomplished over the years and taught me that the fact that I'm recognized by an organization that um, has so many members that are just really standout individuals, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. And it's exactly what, it, what I was just saying when it comes down to championing yourself. Um, one of my mentors and I actually use him as a, a business coach as well, right, that I met through BSCAI nominated me for this. And oh. I, it's really incredible that I didn't nominate myself, you know, and, and this, that's what I'm saying, like women don't typically do that. Um, and maybe that's because they don't believe that they can get to that point or that, um, oh, maybe I haven't done enough to qualify and that type of thing. And they doubt themselves. And I think if you have somebody who is uh, championing you, it's it's going to change your whole life. So, um, but the award is just, I, I don't know how to say this any differently. I wish, I wish you on the podcast could see your smile. It's like, <laughs> like so excited. I love it. <laughs> well, because there are so many awards that um, you do have to fill out the application oh. yourself and that you are telling you're justifying why you deserve this award, right? And the fact that they never even asked me for any information, um, I think that's what really is surprising and, and unbelievable that it was, um, it's truly based on merit and not just something where, you know, an industry or a newspaper or something is trying to sell publications. So um, I think it's, it's just the reality of it is just um, maybe a little bit more so than others. 
Well, I think it's fantastic. You know, I, I find, I, I come across so many awesome people in BSAI and, you know, you and I've worked together on other stuff in the past before the podcast. And when I saw that you had won that, I was like, oh, she deserves it. She is <laughs> the nicest. You. She is the nicest. And she, <laughs> you know, every time we've chatted and, you know, for other articles and things, it's always been really insightful to kind of get your perspective. And um, it's just really great to see young women coming into this industry that was typically, you know, dominated by men and, and really, being able to make powerful change. And so, you know, we, BSEI is so happy for you. Contracting Profits is so happy for you. Um, we're also happy for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I feel like, I don't know. Um, you know, I checked during this whole pandemic, I was asking BSEI what percentage of our, our membership is really um, women-owned businesses. And they said probably less than 10%. And it's unbelievable to me that it's 2020 and that's the number. And I think that if there's any way that I can, you know, give back to maybe some young women who are looking towards aspiring towards a leadership role, um, you know, the more the merrier of us, right? So <laughs> I think it's extremely important. Well, thank you so much for coming on again. Congratulations. Um, thank you so much. Look forward to seeing what you're going to do in 2021. <laughs> Hopefully all good and big things. Look <laughs> <laughs> like all of us. <laughs> I hope you have a great rest of your day, okay? Thank you so much. Great I time. really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Contracting Conversations from BSCAI. If you liked what you heard and you want to find out more or to listen to previous episodes, head over to bscai.org slash podcast. There, you can also subscribe to our newsletter so you never miss industry news, updates, and great tips. Subscribe to Contracting Conversations on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and learn more about our community on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube.